Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast by Knowing Hospitality, the show that deconstructs and demystifies the inner workings of the hotel industry. Here's your host, Adam Knights. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm really happy that you're here and I'm so excited to be back. This is our first true show recording in a little while and we've got a really strong one to come out of the gate with. Today I've got Clarence McLeod, Director of Customer Experience at Silver Lining Marketing. Clarence and I have also been friends for about 20 years. We go all the way back to the early Fairmont days. Now, what we're gonna talk about on the show today are five things that businesses need to get right as we start to welcome customers back after this pandemic. We cover a lot of ground. Clarence is a true professional. He's got a wealth of knowledge and experience, and he really does a great job of explaining what it is that we need to do today to be successful as we go forward. So rather than preambling too much, I think we just get right to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Clarence McLeod, Director of Customer Experience at Silver Lining Marketing. Here we go. Clarence, my old friends, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Uh, thank you for having me, Mr. Knight. Mr. This has been Adam uh, Knight. This has been a long time in the making. We've been trying to do this for a while. I'm so glad that you were able to uh, to make the time and and share your wisdom with uh, with the world. This is fantastic. A real treat. It's great that you call it wisdom. I, in my career, a lot of people have called it fluff, and now the fluff is going to become the substance that's <laughs> going to make hospitality <laughs> successful going forward. So I'm excited. I'm actually I was ahead of my time. I love it. I love it. So thrilling. this is thrilling. This is going to be amazing. We've got uh, what you want to talk about today? Five fundamentals. Five things to get right. There's a lot going on in hospitality right now. We have a ton of amazing content to get to. And I know you've got a million great little tidbits and pieces of advice for people. Before we jump into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, kind of, you know, your journey, how you got to where you are today, what you're up to. Okay. Well, my journey has been quite interesting. It started out, uh, you know, if you were to ask my parents what I was going to become, I was supposed to be a lawyer, but actually ended up in hospitality because I actually hated that field of study and started my career uh, with Fair Fairmont Hotels and Resorts. At that time, it was Canadian Pacific Hotels. Uh, I was with that brand for 25 years, uh, then went into a little bit of uh, where I was in charge of a product known as Fairmont Gold. A lot of people tend to equate it with being the executive floor. And seeing that's where you and I met, Adam, we know that is a lot more about that. It's a place where experiences are created and the loyalty of the Fairmont brand, that, that's the cornerstone of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I then kind of... Uh, transition into the role of general manager for a boutique hotel in uh, the foothills of Alberta. Uh, and now kind of diversified uh, my role a bit. I'm uh, a consultant with um, Silver Lining Marketing. I'm uh, their director of customer experience. So I think that's it in a nutshell. But in my career, I have dealt with uh, everything uh, from uh, royalty to a six-month-old that uh, I had to be babysitting while their parents had breakfast in our Fairmont Gold Lounge. So um, I have seen it all from the naughty to the nice. But for the naughty, you have to buy my book whenever it's written. You know, oh, I like it. A teaser. <laughs> a teaser. teaser. <laughs> the book's in my head. Let's see if it makes it to paper. Oh, my gosh. I could only imagine. Yeah, Fairmont Gold, was, uh, it was a fantastic experience. You know, we got to meet so many interesting people and, and be exposed to so many um, Uh, just different situations. And that, for me personally, really defined my hospitality journey very early on in my career and really actually carried through until where I am today. Uh, And that, you know, those were early days, like you said, when you and I met. 
Right, exactly. And you will always be the service provider that was in the right place at the right time. That's how I will remember you, Mr. Knight. That's exactly right. That's, that was the goal anyway. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> that it came through. So um, well, I guess we should just get down to brass tacks here. There okay. is, uh, a, to say that the times right now are crazy is an understatement. It's probably also overused, but you know, it's the reality. It's where we are. There are still some fundamentals about hospitality uh, and, and service delivery and engaging guests and engaging employees that are going to hold true no matter what situation we're in, whatever we're going through. Right. Um, and so at a high level, let's just dive right in. What are some of the things, what are the five things that we should be doing right now uh, or making sure that we're doing when we reopen? Okay. So I think there, there's some, that's a very interesting question um, because the, Everything is so linked. So to put it in five fundamentals is kind of uh, kind of challenging for me to do. Seeing that I wonder a lot, I'm not a very focused person. But <laughs> start, I will tell we'll start you with this. the first. <laughs> I will tell you this: the the overarching belief of these fundamentals are not they're nothing new. The what makes it more vital now that we're coming out of a crisis is that they can no longer be negotiable. If you are in any environment where you think, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll be engaging today, maybe I won't. You know, it's, if you are going to be contributing to the revenue stream of your hotel or whatever hospitality um, medium you have, you have to realize they're not negotiable. And I think one of the first ones that come to my mind is, you know, we get into, it becomes kind of a mundane because everyone says, you know, you have to communicate, communicate, communicate communication is going to be one of the vital or one of, one of the most important fundamentals of getting through this crisis successfully. Uh, because what you need to do is you need to set the stage, the expectation of the guest. Um, and this starts, this is where, you know, this is where you're going to bring, bringing chocolate and roses for your reservation department, because they're the ones that are going to have to tell, tell the guest and be very honest with it, that this is what, this is what, we're delivering and this is what protocol will be so the expectation is set for the arrival mm. so communication is key communicating with your internal constituents your, your your team members vital you can't you there's you know because you're getting busy you can't say okay we'll do the briefing later on when everyone comes on shift uh the communication briefing is going to be very important because you know, some this is going to be all, you know, some of this, the operating procedures are going to be very new. So in order to kind of uh, ensure that there are no hiccups, you have to be, you know, discussing it. These are the techniques. This is what we're using. This is, and you can also be willing to change. So the first one I would put out there is communication. Mm -hmm. Communicate, communicate, over-communicate, communicate. I love I that over, you like that. <laughs> yeah, it's communication because, you know, once the stage is set, um, we always consider ourselves in hospitality that we're executing a, you know, a theater performance. But once the stage is set, you know, the audience knows exactly what we're expecting, whether we're going to be doing Romeo and Juliet or Macbeth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so communicating, yeah. communicating is the way to go. I, I love that you led with that because, you know, I, I can think back to when I was, um, you know, in a position where the reception of the communication was important to me being able to do my job effectively. So I wasn't necessarily the one, um, well, you know, you'd, I, I suppose in a more junior role, you'd be communicating a guest, right? You'd be on the front line, but I needed to get the information to be able to communicate it. So right. I, I was never too uh, attuned to how that message 
got crafted. And it wasn't until I got into more senior positions that I was the one crafting that message that suddenly you start thinking about the audience, right? And all the different inputs that you have to have. And you talk about, you know, communicating a plan, especially with opening and, you know, how how you're going to communicate with your guests and how they know what's going on. You've got to, as a manager who's crafting that message, you really have to think about the the plan and all the details itself and in or in the plan and be able to distill it into a way that people can understand. Great. So I'll, I'm going to tell you a story where this under where, where, where when you when you have miscommunication or you don't communicate, how it can work as a dissatisfier. Um, on one of my um, one of my experiences uh, at Fairmont uh, Hotels and Resorts when I did the opening of Fairmont Gold in Cairo, uh, what people forgot to tell me was that when you're entering hotels in Cairo, you have to go through a metal detector, mm. right? So coming into a luxury hotel, that's one of the last things that I expected. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got to the hotel, I found it very off-putting. It was a very, very, very unusual experience because remember, I'm coming there now to open the the, the most luxurious component of Fairmont Hotels and Resorts. And the arrival piece, never once did I execute it to involve a metal detector <laughs> right so anyways <laughs> i'm expecting you know and, and we laugh about it today because what i've been equating to a lot of our clients that we have now that metal detector for me what's what that has translated to in today's environment for hospitality is that wellness center that would be in a lot of the lobbies where they'll be checking your temperature it's this let's think of it in the same way it's off-putting if you don't know to expect it right right Right. So I go through this metal detector and I, I, you know, I go through that whole experience. And while I was in Cairo, I had a, a few of my, because uh, you know, from working on Fairmont Gold, you have what I like to call followability guests that will come and see you or stay with you when you're in a city that they are because they know you're around and, you know, the, you know they, they want to experience the new Fairmont Gold and all that sort of thing. And uh, of the five guests that, that came and stayed there, uh, separately and none of them were from Cairo they were just doing business in Cairo and they'd never been there before but what came out of that experience whenever we talked about that experience after the fact the one thing they all talked about was the metal detector not about the great service and how wonderful the team on the floor it was about the metal detector and that became the cocktail currency piece right so what came out of that for us and cocktail currency is one of my former leaders talked about cocktail currency which is like how do they talk about the experience when they're in the presence of like-minded individuals, right? Mm. Now, the great thing about it that they talked about with this whole metal detector is that I always found a way to bring Fairmount Gold to the lobby for, the, for this metal detector because they could see us, the Fairmount Gold team on the other side, once they're coming through the metal detector with, you know what my favorite thing is? Mimosas. Right. <laughs> so there's alcohol on the other side, whether it be with alcohol or with Sprite. There's yep. that, that, you know, there's that. The, here's your price to come through the metal detector, <laughs> and there's your butler in That's white waiting for you. That's the carrot, and that, you know, so that became such an, a nice lead-in uh, to having that uh, eyesore of a metal detector there waiting for you in the lobby. So that's just one of the examples of. Uh, had that been communicating it to me, um, it wouldn't have been sort of um, 
that put off. But the mm-hmm. fact that we communicated to the guests that came after me, just look for that glass in the lobby and the butler and that gold tails. Right. That, that's home. That made that experience completely different. That metal detector experience could be uh, probably deeply personal for some people. Um, you know, it's not something to your point that you're used to walking in to a luxury hotel and seeing. Um, but taking temperature, and you alluded to this earlier, taking your temperature before you walk into a hotel, that's a whole other level of personal, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And, and, and I, I think if it's not done properly, uh, you could very easily run the risk of, of alienating guests, of offending people. Uh, who right. knows? So, and that's why one of the things that, I, that, that they have to be aware of, and we talked about, um, is you have to be very, very, very conscious. And I'll, we will talk about it probably later on. You have to be aware of your tone. So let's say, for example, someone's coming through and they happen to have a fever, right? Are you going to drop the thermometer and run away? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, how, how do you handle that experience? When, 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 you know, you're checking for something. So when you find it, is it going to scare you or are you going to massage the situation so it works out um, to everyone's satisfaction, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, are you given the tools to be able to handle what could be a potentially stressful situation and a situation that as an employee, maybe you've never been put in before? Right. And one of the things that um, since we since we were discussing this before, this is going to become extremely important is when you're taking them side stage, I call it. You're removing the guests where people can be staring at them and, you know, making them look like they're being ostracized. Mm. So what a lot of hotels I'm hoping are looking into, yep, you're setting up the 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 you know the the wellness checkpoints and I'm hoping that they're making it look as you know you know it's kind of blending into the ambiance of the lobby and the decor and that sort of thing. But they need to kind of in that process of thinking about that need to figure out what does the place look like when I have to do triage. Mm-hmm. Let's say for example I get that high temperature. Am I gonna still you have to still have the experience in that right. So it's going to be the temperature and a glass of water. You know, how am I still going to execute that service delivery? Because that's the promise all hotels make. It's the service experience, right? Right, right. I like what you said about tonality and, you know, something else. Actually, I just experienced it here uh, in Seattle the other day where, you know, we're so used to seeing people's faces uh, and so much, so much communication is just about body language and facial expression. But when you can't see most of somebody's face because it's covered by a mask, you have no idea if they're smiling at you or not. Mm-hmm. So how do you know that people are, um, that you're being welcomed, that you're not annoying somebody that, you know, anything that would normally be communicated without a mask on your face, um, you know, that that's going to be a big consideration. So tonality, a, a, a facial actor, an eye actor. Right. And, and exactly. And I've experienced it too. And, and we tried this because we were, as I, we're doing a lot of, reopening strategies for our clients. And we experienced it with one of our clients that uh, they didn't wear the whole guard, but they're wearing the face masks. Mm-hmm. And through the enthusiasm used by the, the hand, it, it kind of prompts you into that laughing face. And then you start to see the laugh lines by your mm-hmm. eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you're like, oh my God, this person's so pleasant, right? And your body posture, right? This is the hands of when you're going to have to get and get your hands out of that pocket do not fold your arms. And this is when you're going to have to have your hands at your side so you can use them as your tool of excitement because that's where a lot of the excitement is going to come from. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you, you have never seen 
the Eiffel Tower will let me tell you. <laughs> Mind you, I forgot I'm not on TV because if you see, if you saw me, my hands were going all over the place. You lit right up. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so the animation is what's needed. So communication is obviously it's the plans and you know it's it's how to talk to people, but it's so much more than that. It's being present. To your point, you have to be far more expressive when half of your face is covered. Um, and exactly. how do you deal with and triage? situations that you may not have been in before. So as a leader, you've really got to think about all of these things, all these variables in setting your right. experience up. Right. And I think I'm going into the second fundamental that I'm going to talk about is, uh, do you remember going on your first date with your wife? Abby? Sure. So the first date, this is this whole thing is going to be about first dates because guess what becomes I the most I better remember it. I know. The <laughs> most important thing that's gonna that's that's gonna be one of those do or die situations is the impact of a great first impression, right? Um, because of course your great in, the great first impression that you're making, you're making without that normal smile that you can see. You're making without you know in some cases with those shields the eye contact. So making the first uh, impression is you know, the way you position yourself when, when speaking to an individual. So posturing is going to be very important. Uh, the way you angle and you make someone feel. Um, so for example, I'm a hugger. So in the world of not being able to hug, putting someone on the inside while you're on the outside mm. um, to, to, you know, usher them to be the elevator, that sort of thing. Cues like that, which they call soft pieces, are going to become very detrimental, especially in luxury hotels in order to convey that meaning, that, that feeling of care. So really good point. yeah, that feeling of care, you're going to, you know, it, it's the, you know, my name, my name is Clarence. May I have your name to better address you? So instead of saying Mr. Knight, you know, instead of saying, sir, 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 you know, I'm either calling you Mr. Knight or I'm, you know, Mr. Knight. Well, you know, thank you for uh, choosing Hotel X. Um, you know, may I walk you to the elevator, which is this way, follow me sort of thing. And, you know, so the name, is going to be very it is more important than it's ever been before because that's the start of that great impression is developing that relationship right right so wow. yeah the great first impression would be the second fundamental that I, that I would that, that I would probably talk about and you've got to work harder to do it this time yep right because again you've got it's almost like doing it uh, with uh, you know half of your tools taken away from you right yeah and then uh, that leads into another third fundamental which is you have to understanding, but understanding through listening. The art of listening is going to be very, very, very important. And you can't be listening if you're not engaged, uh, at least not in effective listening anyway. So, you know, whether it be whatever communication device that you're going to be on, talking internally on that sort of thing, you have to make sure that takes a sidebar to when you're, you know, listening to the guest saying, you know, you know, I, it's my first time back at back to hotels since the crisis. You know, I'm I'm feeling this way, or I'm feeling this way, or I'm giving that commentary, so you can address in a relevant manner what they're talking about, right? right? right. You know, my room. I don't want anyone in my room. You know, you know. Well, is it because they're going to be touching, or do you want sheets replaced? And so you can actually convey, okay, this is the plan of action to take care of that fare for you. So right now. Why did you relax? Enjoy your gin and tonic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, while I, I give you this time list of what time we'll be delivering towels or something. I'm just using very vague examples. Sure, sure. But graded first impressions, that's another fundamental that we can't, 
um, we can't underestimate. It's interesting. You know, I would think that a, a best practice on this would be to assume that there is a level of discomfort on the guest part when they come in so that you can sort of, you can, you can almost overreact to the, the trepidation of getting back out there and traveling again, and Mm -hmm. then let the guest bring you down to be like, no, 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 I've, I've been back on the road for eight weeks and I'm all good. Right. Which, and it's funny what this is going to play. I have, I had a friend last night, uh, who traveled, uh, on an airplane, uh, for the first time since this crisis from Miami to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was now the person is in hospitality has been in hospitality has worked on Fairmont goals. So we, we, you know, service is one of those things that we pride ourselves on. And I was very shocked at the feedback that I got of how fantastic it went. Um, <laughs> and I don't know if it is, you know, I, I mean, this is where you kind of get into the whole class system because one of the things he made sure that he told me that he flew first, he was flying first class back. Sure. So, uh, you know, spacing and all that sort of thing doesn't become an issue. And, you know, the although the lounge has been modified, there's still a lounge. So, mm-hmm. the, you know, that that's that's the different portion of the, you know, uh, of, of the experience. But the way, what came from the conversation was going back to my point again that I talked about the first fundamental how the reason why he think his trip went really well is because the amount of communication and the uh-huh. amount of information that they received over and over and over again, he said he could actually close his eyes and follow those procedures without, they had a lot of human arrows, which I called, and, you know, those are the team members mm-hmm. kind of pointing or assuring you to where you need to go sort of thing quickly, where he said he could have done that with his eyes closed because it was so communicated wow. from reservations to execution. So that just reinforces the importance of that communication role. So you have to tell them, you have to say it more than once. And you exactly. know, if, you, if you think you've said it 15 times, say it 15 more times. Exactly. Wow. So, and then that leads into the, the fourth fundamental, which is effective problem resolution. Mm. And I think we hinted at this where you're going to have to learn how to react and you're going to react or uh, without, or act, I like to call it. You're going to act without... Uh, any dramatic flares. I can't believe I'm saying that because anyone that has, <laughs> I'm probably the most dramatic one. I mean, on Fairmont Gold in Washington, D.C., everyone thought there was a party. I had some of my regular guests that were coming off the Yellow Rose of Texas. They'd be checking in. They would be like, oh my God, it's like, you know, so you know, <laughs> it's usually drama. But, you know, the thing to keep in mind is, you know, you have to react when the, you know, we talked about earlier the situation of, let's say someone does have a temperature, right? Right. How does that get, how, how do you monitor that? And that's about, you know, reacting. You're, you know, it's going to be really, really, really important. I don't mean to stereotype, but in my 30 plus years in hospitality, empathy, my male team members are, has been the most difficult to get that empathy piece. Interesting. Play. Empathy is going to be one of, the, one of those very important things when dealing with scenarios like that. So empathizing is going to be, be really, really, and I, and I, and I, and I have, I think in my career, I think I've, I consider myself an empathetic person in general, but I think I underestimated the power of empathy until I went to uh, Saudi Arabia to do the training of Fairmont Gold there. Mm-hmm. And the entire team 
And it was the first time I noticed it. And I don't want to be, I'm not getting into male bashing right now, but the <laughs> entire team um, in the Middle East, um, all the Fair Mongol team members are male. Okay. And when we got into the exercise about service engagement, I was wondering, why are, why are all their engagement pieces lacking luster? Mm. Why, why is it, I mean, remember, I'm the guy that flew grapes in for the guy from his vineyard. That's a grand gesture. I'm not saying anything about grand gesture because since the inception of my career, I've now learned about thoughtful touches, but they were not talking about any thoughtful touches. And it wasn't until I got, I, I got them to identify someone in their life they love oh. and they had to prepare the trip for that person. Did they realize like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have the picture of, you know, the parrot I just bought for my mom with a note saying, let the chirping lead your light, you know, that sort of scenario. Yeah, yeah. So that empathy piece is going to be an important part when dealing with individuals in this um, in new environment in which we're going to be calling it the new hospitality environment is what we'll call the new, it. The new environment. I mean, that's the such a great norm. way to do it. The new normal, the normal. Yeah, yeah. It's the old normal and the normal, I guess, now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. I love that um, almost like a hack, right? A training hack when you, to, to teach that empathetic service that you turn it around and, and say, well, if you were welcoming someone that you love, what would you do? How would you make this day a little bit more special? And I think that that's, you know, when we're talking about effective problem resolution, when you're dealing with someone who may have COVID, uh, like, you know, uh, the situation that we're in right now, I think it might be very easy to inadvertently have a reaction if you were the staff member that were, you know, was responsible for taking temperatures or, you know, triaging the situation Mm -hmm. that, could make the person who has it feel uh, a little ostracized or a little um, not welcome. I, I on social media, I saw um, I, it, it was it was it was a it was a comedic piece, and I. But this is the this is what you want to be careful of. Um, I think they were at a bus stop. I don't know if you've seen this. He was at a bus stop, and somebody coughed, and no, the other person sta- and the other person in the bus stop took out a gun and shot him dead. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's like those little things that are going to be happening in your lobby. When that happens, are you going to stay, you know, take this whole social distancing where you're yelling from across right. the lobby to the guests? You know, the elevators are across the hallway. <laughs> or you walk into the lobby and you're using the things that they use to bring airplanes in to direct you to the elevator. You know, you want to be aware that, right. you know, the extremists, you know, don't take over those lobbies because that will become... Again, the soft piece of being engaging will be lost. That's a really good point. I guess the five ten rule takes on a whole new meaning now, too. Exactly. Yeah, and you can do all that with you can do all that with your hand and your eyes. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that your your hand and your eyes um, available, you can do it with the tilt of the head, the posturing, you know, that sort of thing. A nod can say so much. You know, you know, anger sure to the right says even more that I'm welcoming you. Welcome to the left. It's like, get out of here. I don't want to, I, what are you doing in here? Mm-hmm. You know? So nonverbal cues are going to be very important. So learning and development departments, training departments, HR, they're going to have to do the whole nonverbal, seeing how nonverbal cues are going to be very, very important. Wow. That's such a good point. That's such yeah. a good point. Um, okay. Fifth and final thing. It's the post-experience engagement. That's a, that's a mouthful. 
Okay, so post, so basically the relationship needs to continue when you're no longer in room 501. Mm. So I know in Fairmont Gold, we did that a bit where we had the post-departure email, how was your stay, it was great seeing you, that sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever technique the hotels use, or this is where, you know, if they're not having Bellman or if they're not, if they're taking out the in-room dining and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with that body, create the post-departure crew and make it fun. You know, the post-departure ambassadors, they're the ones checking the pulse. You know, I know this is your first day back. You know, you know, how was your experience? You know, we're all learning together, continuous improvement. I know this is, I know we want to have you back here. Is there anything we could do better? They're the ones that are going to give you in immediate time what worked and what didn't work before you have to read about it in the newspaper. So, and make the questions that you're asking relevant, things that you're not sure about. You know, me having to wait for someone to press the elevator to come down. Didn't really work for me. Um, If you're one of the techniques you're using is that sleeve that you put on the remote control, uh, guess what? The fabric keeps slipping off, (laughs) you know? Yeah, right. It it gives you feedback that you can make changes. So the experience just gets better and better and getting better and better. It does, I know we were laughing about it before, but it does become the new normal. Yeah, it's a really good point. And and being proactive in sending like actual personalized communication to somebody rather than just a, a link and an invite to, you know, do a TripAdvisor review mm-hmm. or fill out the, you know, the, whatever the post-day surveys yes. usually do. Like if I was in, if I was in, I, I, you know, this would be a whole, I, I, I like pump and circumstance. So there'd be, it'd be like a Oscar arrival for the first set of guests that are walking in. Yeah. When they get their mask and things like that, we're taking pictures and the picture would be one of the post-departures saying, here's a picture of you to celebrate the new experience that you were in. Because at some point it's going to become a piece when you're showing your grandchildren, Oh my gosh, this is when I went to a hotel on business after COVID. And it becomes becomes a, it again brings in that cocktail currency. Hotel X did this so well. I love that. That's such a good idea. Yeah. You're creating a new story. I'm brilliant. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Show over. (laughs) That's show over. No, I'm, I'm, I'm having victories and I don't mean to be, because I, for my over 30 years with Fairmont, I've always been, you know, the fluff. Oh, let's not pay it. You know, Clarence is the fluff. And it's so funny because of the small touches that we've always done. My team and I, we've always seen people bring, come back and stay with us over and over and over contributing to the bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. Now, those are the pieces that those soft touches are, and the great first impressions that all my teams over the years have all, those are the things that are going to make or break this industry. And I'm very excited about that because that has made every single person that has worked on Fairmont Gold trendsetters. Sorry, I'm doing a plug there and I take that product very personally. So mm-hmm. thanks for letting me vent on that. I'm not sure if you're going to cut it or not. No, but- it'll be, nothing's, <laughs> it all stays in. <laughs> no editing. I, I, I've, I've spoken my truth. Yeah, no, I like it. So, I mean, this whole this whole discussion has been about, has been hospitality focused. I mean, obviously that's the, the premise of the show here, but you know, these are transferable to other industries. Right? Oh my gosh. Half the clients that I have, none of my clients that I have now are in hospitality. Hmm. So we are the, all the techniques that I just spoke to you about, we're using it in the automotive industry, retirement uh, communities, um, retail, uh, transportation, mm-hmm. um, wineries, 
So it is transferable to answer the question. It just goes to show you that you know there's hospitality principles that that go far beyond you know the four walls of a lobby. Yeah, and and then this also reinforces the fact that hospitality is built on personality pieces. Right. Yeah. So true. Who who's going to drive this in the hotels? Everything that we talked about today. It's a lot to get your arms around. Yep. So this is this is going to be it, and a lot of I mean, the general managers. Need, I think a lot of general managers, and I've worked with a lot of general managers in the past, and I think a lot of the general managers that I've worked with before, um, I've had ones that will get it because, it, 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 you know, the, 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 the soft piece comes naturally. Uh, the individuals that take a little harder to get those soft pieces Yep. need to figure out who's going to captain that soft piece, whether it be the director of operations or something, but there need to be that uh, soft piece ambassador. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. How would I call it? Um, the, the ambassador of first impressions. I think somebody needs to wear that sash and that needs to be whoever they are in the hotel needs to champion that. Yeah. I, you know what? Actually, that's a really good piece of advice. I, I know that the propensity would be for a GM to want to take charge of this. And a lot of people might think that that it is the GM's responsibility to do that. And, you know, in large part, it is, but it's their responsibility to see that it gets done. It doesn't mean that they have to actually do it. So if you've got someone who is just maybe a little better at connecting with people or just, you know, can can say the same thing, but the message comes across in a different way, it's going to be a lot, there's a lot of value in engaging that other person to kind of- Exactly, with because, this. because let's say, for example- you know, you, you everybody's proud, and I've worked with general managers that have had, you know, one, I'm thinking about one in particular, one of my GMs that had a very sarcastic sense of humor. Uh, that sarcastic sense of humor in dealing with anyone, it, it, it doesn't translate to the tone and nonverbal cues that I that I spoke about before. So may not be the best ambassador of good first impressions. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So you know, and it's, and you know, this is not going to be. The, good, the ambassador of good, great impressions aren't going to, isn't going to be that member that takes a while to warm up to you. <laughs> it's going to be yeah. someone that right off the bat we're engaged, right? Right, right. So, um, you know, whether they need to be from the executive committee or just a superstar in the hotel, whether it's the concierge, um, whoever it is that has that personality. And I mean, I say even a sash ambassador first expression or something make it because that's one of the things you want to be hospitality is always you want to make it fun don't make it right. sterile right because right when you get sterile it gets scary there's going to be enough that's sterile in our uh, our, exactly. our lives going forward yep so incorporate as much fun as you as you can yeah i like that um look you you've been working with clients in other industries explaining the fundamentals of hospitality, what to get right, what to emphasize as we go forward. It's a lot of information to take in and, and to assimilate and then deliver so that people can be successful. Are there any resources that have helped you kind of along the way here? Any places that you've gone for information that we could point listeners to that maybe they could kind of develop their skills a little bit? That's a very interesting question because a lot of, um, I think through conversation with other hoteliers that have been in it for a long time that have seen it all, I think has become my resource. Uh, a lot of my resources have been experiences because uh, I've been through 
SARS, I've been through Ebola, I've been through all that sort of scenario in this setting. And although it's not to the extent of that this is, that's where I started to learn these techniques. Um, I would just say be abreast with, um, you know, with, with the trends that are being that are coming out. I know that one of the things I like is the Forbes Travel Magazine. Right. Their correspondence is, I find, very, very on point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not, I won't call hotel brands, but um, LinkedIn is a place where you get a lot of that information, where you Absolutely. can actually get a lot of information um, about what people are doing and, and seeing. And, and if it doesn't tell you what to do, it tells you to reach out to this person. You know, I've listened to this abstract uh, podcast. Have you thought about doing it <laughs> differently, right? Someone, you know, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot saying. Of, yeah, so you go back and you're kind of like, oh, maybe we didn't think of it from that point of view, right? right? It's like the whole scenario. Everyone knows that we're coming in for a mask, right? With a mask. Everyone knows that everyone's coming into whatever situation with a mask, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My question is, and I've used this with a lot of the clients, has anyone thought about where you're going to put the mask? Right. While, while you're, whether, you know, like whether, you know, do you keep it up? Like when you're, when you're going for dinner, where, where, where are they going to put the bath, the mouth, the mask on the table? And then, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah. What about, a, what about a something fun to put the mask on or make it a part of a ritual or the mask gets replaced something? I don't know. A tiny little um, coat hanger that sits on the uh, table that you can. Yes. Like the purse <laughs> hook. Like I remember the first time that we, I implemented a purse hook. Right. Thought, Why do we need that? That's a fluff piece, but maybe it's a purse hook now. For all the Fairmonts I've worked in before that have purse hooks in in, in purchasing, maybe you go back down <laughs> while you're cursing Clarence's name. You should thank and, Clarence for and it. Yeah. And you can take those purse hooks out, and that could be where you put your mask. Oh, yeah, you just yeah, take them out of the back of your storerooms, dust them off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, just one of the examples. You know, you're yeah. coming with a mask. What's the next step? So going right. back to again, anticipatory service. Tell me more. Show me more. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me more. Show me more. I like that. Um, look, at the end of every show, uh, I like to ask guests the same question. Uh, it's kind of a signature question for you know what it is that I'm doing here. And it's just a way to provide a little bit more uh, immediate, actionable value for people who are listening to the show. So in that spirit, uh, from your perspective, are there any best practices that people can implement today that will give them the most bang for their time and their effort related to what's going on right now. Right. So I think the best practices, and I think we talked, I talked about it over and over and over and over again, is making an investment in revisiting the nonverbal cues, mm-hmm. the life on nonverbal cues. Cause I think that's going to become very, very, very important. Um, Another, um, you know, they need to keep in in mind that what's going to become ever so important is the tone of voice, tonality, which is the Mm nonverbal, but but also you're going to have to be resilient when things happen in the lobby that you don't expect. So recovery is going to be a very, very important um, best practice, you know, effective service recovery. So I think those are things that I would actually pay attention to. And when you're going into this, and this is one of my leaders I've worked with in the past, uh, spoke about cocktail currency, and I'm going to talk about it again. Cocktail currency is what happens when your guests are in the presence of their like-minded. So they usually trust that environment wholeheartedly, and they talk about their experience. Mm-hmm. When anyone goes to a hotel in the next few months, when they come back, they're going to impart 
everything. So that's going to be the make or break for you. What, mm-hmm. what, what are they going to come back and say their experience was like? And it's not like the hotel looked great and all that sort of thing. It's like, how did they make me feel like I'm a big, anyone that has ever met me or worked with me, I live my life where I try to with the Maya Angelou quote, people will forget what you did. People will forget you said, but people will never forget how you made them feel. So true. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And with that, I will stop my talking now, Mr. Knight. I <laughs> know. <laughs> no, I could go on with you for hours. I think this, is, this is amazing. Um, no, look, this was unbelievable advice and content today. Thank you so much, Clarence. Uh, if people want to learn more uh, about you, about what you're doing, where can they go? Where should we point them? I think the best way to do it, I am on LinkedIn. Um, but uh, they can also go to the website, silverliningmarketing.ca. Okay. Uh, but I think the first place to look would, would be trying to find me on um, LinkedIn. And uh, hold tight for that book because it's coming out soon. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, I have the title. So. <laughs> you have the t- that's, the, that's the hardest part. You got the title. Yes, you already title. have the stories. Yeah. I have the stories and the title. It's just a matter of getting pen to paper. Or yeah. fingers to computer. Fingers to computer. Yeah. Well, look, I'll. Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll end it there. Uh, Clarence, again, thank you so much for being on the show. This was fantastic, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. It was a pleasure being here. I, I, you finally made me feel normal in hospitality. This is great. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All, right. All right. Stay safe out there. Okay. Take care. Thanks everyone for listening to the show today. If you want to learn more about Clarence or get in touch with him, you can find him on LinkedIn or just visit silverliningmarketing.ca. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you've got any comments or feedback, you can find us at knowinghospitality.com. Drop us a line. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Proven Principles Podcast with Adam Knight. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. The podcast is brought to you by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management company that puts your performance first by rethinking the management model. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Until next time.